Jaren Cacophony tells you you're listening to the Power of Three podcast, the Doctor Who podcast that likes to get under the skin of everything to find out more about how things work and why they are and what we think of them. And we're going to have a look today, or is it more of a listen, to a pair of Doctor Who adventures from the 1970s that you may not be aware of. You're probably aware of one, but maybe not the other. We are talking about Doctor Who and the Pescatons and Exploration Earth, one of which was released as an LP by Argo, and the other was part of a school's programme. Exploration Earth was the school's programme one. And I'm not alone! Just like that thing where it says you're not alone. But Professor Yana, <laughs> the face of Bo, um, all the way from... Sonny Greenock, but ironically, he's wearing a blue T-shirt which says Doctor Who on it. It's Doctor John Bolin. Hello, John. Hello, hello. Or as my PhD panel commented, Doctor Doctor Why? Um, <laughs> and that's a question I'm constantly being asked. That's so really yes, true. Hello. I know, I know, I know. The world can be a, a tough place sometimes, Kenny. As I'm glad. To say you're obviously not aware because you're such a lovely person and you and you move in such nice circles, but yeah, it's a jungle out there. Yeah, particularly from the east end of Glasgow, and every other Saturday afternoon, little football <laughs> joke there for those who get that. If you don't, it but at least happen. in the east end of Glasgow, they do have little safety targets dotted about, as you also know, as you make your walk to work. <laughs> That's very true. My hashtag walk to work Wednesday, and all those police boxes. But it's not just the two of us because joining us, in fact, is a man who, who could probably. Can you see the sea from where you are? Uh, no, but I do live on the west coast of Scotland, so everything is a little bit damp. It is Pescaton heaven right oh, now. Oh, fantastic. Ooh. And hello, Stevie Day, since you didn't introduce yourself. <laughs> oh, I never introduced myself. Thank you, Kenny. Hello, John. Lovely to be back. Lovely to see you. I suppose it's appropriate we're talking about the Pescatons because we live in Scotland, where it's constantly, as Stevie said, it's damp. It's always raining. And to be honest, if the Pescatons were invading, we probably wouldn't even notice because it's so bloody wet and they could just walk down the street. We'd hardly notice. We'd just think it was yet another Glaswegian. Or we'd try and fry them. <laughs> yeah. Or a, bit, or a bit of both in some people's cases. Nobody <laughs> nobody here, I should say. Yeah. But it is a strange world we live in. It certainly is. So, John, we'll start with yourself. The Pescatons. When do you remember first discovering its existence and indeed hearing it? Ah, well, that's that's a long story that we don't really have time for. But I remember hearing about it, I think, probably at the time that it came out, um, because I do remember it being advertised uh, at the end of Doctor Who episodes for, for a while. But it's not something that I rushed out and bought 
I did splash out on the Genesis of the Daleks LP, but I never got the Pescatons. And in fact, I didn't hear it until it came out on CD. Now, when was that? Was that Would that be the silver screen release? Which would be mid-90s. There was BBC reissued it. It was the BBC 2000. release. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in fact it was probably mid mid two thousands, so it's not that long ago. Although, yeah, nearly twenty years ago. <laughs> oh man. This is a recurring theme whenever I appear on this. I say, What? How can that be? But yeah, I think it was two two thousand and five was when it was released, and I think that's when I when I listened to it for the first time. So Doctor, how can that be? Doctor, how can that be? Timey wimey. Yeah. What about yourself, Stevie? Well, Long story, fairly short. I was given a second-hand copy of Genesis of the Daleks in pristine condition and a second-hand copy on LP of the Pescatons in perfect condition. Though, so my little record player always used to play something and I wore out my Genesis of the Daleks to the point that I've still got it, but you know, it's virtually unplayable because it skips. Curiously enough, the Pescatons is pretty pristine until it cracked <laughs> one day uh, and is no longer playable. I think my feelings about what I listened to and how I felt about it will become apparent shortly. Oh, well, I first discovered it, I think it must have been in was the Radio Times 20th anniversary special mentioned it, something like that and um, or maybe it was just Doctor Who magazine I thought that sounds amazing but I could never find a copy, not even second hand and uh, I think the first time I got it was a cassette copy somebody burned it on, or burned it ha! somebody recorded it onto a C60 for me, it would have been a C45 and uh, got to hear it that way and <laughs> I, mean, I just thought this is crazy, it's like Doctor Who on audio, just like, would that ever really work? Would that really catch on? Little did I know. But <laughs> I, I would say, I, yeah, I, I will, I'll share my opinion on it later. But um, it was, yeah, it was just very bizarre suddenly having a new story that I knew nothing about. I suppose in many ways it was with like with the novelizations, you knew quite a lot of stories and then heard the soundtracks. But this one was just completely new to me. And uh, yeah, it was a, an interesting one. eccentric, a liar. That's what the experts called me as they listened to my extraordinary account of the underwater discoveries I'd made inside the cavern on the seabed. Professor Emerson dismissed as pure fantasy the idea of a sea creature migrating from a planet that he and his astronomer colleagues had never even located. Fantasy or not. Out of the river it came right into the very heart of London itself. The people of this capital city were stunned, helpless against the might and power of such a gigantic force. Their worst nightmares had become a reality. A creature from another world was amongst them. So, John, what's your feelings about it? I think we can, I'm interested to hear what Stevie says, but we'll build up to that. Well, I was hoping to provide a counterpoint to Stevie, but in fact I can't by the sound of it. I was fairly underwhelmed by it. 
in terms of a plot, it's extremely basic. But hey, I guess if you have to tell a story in such a compressed amount of time, then fair enough. Keep it keep it straightforward. Keep it simple. There's not there's not room for complex characterization. Again, I guess I might be, you know, because I'm looking back on it from listening to it so long after the fact and with the benefit of listening to Doctor Who on audio since, um, the wonderful soundscapes, the lush soundscapes of Big Finish and so on, it just sounds so basic. You know, it sounds as if they they, they only had one uh, sound effects album and it made me think of that. Father Ted episode where Father Dougal has the scary sound effects one and and uses it to scare the sheep. Remember the name? I can't remember the name of the sheep. The king of the sheep. It was a bit like that. Really clunky uh, sound effects. It didn't even sound as though they had access to the BBC Doctor Who sound effects album, apart from the TARDIS, I think. But yeah, I found it pretty meagre fare, to be to be honest. But that's me looking at it now. Maybe listening to it, if I was if I was a kid, I'd have a much you know um, I'd have a really different reaction to it. But as a crusty adult, um, it it didn't really float my my boat or whatever. And it also brought out I think I'm kind of a I, I don't really think of myself as being stuffy and you know, uh, stuck in a kind of a, a British sci-fi TV rut, but I just wasn't convinced by a very American-sounding head pescaton. What was it again? Zor? Zor. Uh, I, just, I, just, I just couldn't buy into, you know, a kind of a, hey, I'm Zor. Uh, so I, I just I just didn't, that didn't strike me as, as being particularly believable either. But hey, it's, I mean, who's to say what's believable in the world of Doctor Who? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to stop now and uh, hand over. Right. <laughs> Where to start? As a child listening to it, I was disappointed. And as a child, I can't remember exactly why I was disappointed. It's one of these things, I've now listened to it a grand total of three times. Once when I was a child, and I must have been, I don't know, nine or ten. Once when BBC played it on Radio 4 in the 90s, and I thought, yeah, it's as bad as I thought. And then for this, I played it again thinking I'm going to give it a fair whack. And I'm sorry, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't cope with it. I love Tom Baker and he's on form. He's absolutely on form, and there are some funny bits in it. Elizabeth Sladen is on form, although, talking of sound effects, they obviously made use of her screaming quite a lot, because they must have recorded her half a dozen times to play throughout it, pretending to be somebody else. And I, I just genuinely disappointed. I thought, no, this, this should be good, but it's not. And all I can say is, towards the end, which is just really weird. We have uh, genocide, total genocide, perpetrated by the Doctor as if, oh well, I've just, hmm, there you go Sarah, all fixed. Um, tell me, when did Sarah leave Doctor Who? What, what episode, what, what story was it, Kenny? Come on, straight it's off. It's the Hand of Fear. On. Right, okay, it's the Hand of Fear. He abandons her, it turns out to be Aberdeen, we find later, yeah? But if you listen to this, we go from, ah, the Pestacons are defeated. Well, I've got to go now, everybody. Goodbye, goodbye. Wait, wait a minute. Where, where are you off to? Where's Sarah? 
Is she still off with a baby? She was rescuing a baby. Well, bye, Doctor. And obviously he'd run out of sound effect by that point because we had the weirdest TARDIS noise in the world. So, yeah, I just... I lost the will to live, and I love everything Tom Baker. I really, really, really do. Yeah. Cause but for the third and final time, I have listened to the Pescatons. That's pretty damning, I would say, because it's, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the sound effects and stuff, they were done by Brian Hodgson, so he could recreate the TARDIS yeah. sound approximately, but they didn't pay for the rights to use any of the other effects, so he sort of was making them up. And I believe that Bill Mitchell, who played Zor, I think he voiced Carlsberg adverts or something like that, um, after Orson Welles died. And he stepped in and did that sort of probably the best lager in the world ever kind of thing. Although, so again, it's my Dr. Claw or Jadun voice, but I can't... As I live and breathe, Zor is in the building. Thank you, Stevie. <laughs> no. I thought it was a bit Eric Roberts, to be honest with you. I always dress for the gate. No, stop, stop. <laughs> I'm just, gonna, yeah, I'm just going to... Get a... it is, it is, it's amazing, though. <laughs> the, the, the hair's... The hairs on my cheeks are standing up. <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky elf. Um, no, I think when I listen to the Pescatones, it gives me a joyous glow because it's just rubbish. It really is rubbish. <laughs> you listen to it and it's just like, the plot is something straight out of a Doctor Who annual. Like the Doctor's trip and I remember my trip to the planet Pesca. <laughs> and it's just, a, that is complete Doctor Who annual. And it's just, just the way you read it, the whole tone of it, it's just nonsense. It just bounces along and meanders, and then they come back to Earth, and um, it's sort of just, here they come, and so what? It, it just feels, it's so inconsequential. Um, and I, I mean, I know that Victor Pemberton wrote Fury from the Deep, but can he only write about Doctor Who stories involving water? Um, and it's just... <laughs> I really think there's times when he is taking the pesca out of us. Um, it's just, it just rambles from, you know, it's like he's got, okay, what's the beats that I want to hit? Okay, I want to have a monster walking down the street. I want to have, like, the, you know, talk about a watery planet. And it's all, you know, it's, again, because it's restricted, it's all tell, don't show. Like, you know, one of the things in Big Finish, if you're going to have an army of 10,000 robots waiting to kill you, you're going to show them, even if you just get the sound effect, you're not going to say, Oh no, there's 10,000 robots, but I just got away from them. No, no, no. It's, it's like that bit in the invasion when the sort of like the escape from the Cybermen's like, oh, what happened? Oh, we just ran away from the Cybermen. No! She wants to give us the battle instead of just boom, boom, boom. Ah, oh. calm down, Kenny. Calm down, Kenny. And um, it's, I mean, Liz Layton and Tom are obviously having fun. They've been paid to go into this recording studio for the day. And um, a whole day. Yeah. Well, right. Are you sure? I, an, hour, an hour or two. Half an hour plus tea break, I think. But yeah, it's it's very much... I mean, they're performing it. They've, they perform it well. They've got their their chemistry. But, I mean, the Doctor playing the piccolo? No, 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 no. It is tripe. That was tripe, I said, not something that sounds similar. It's not very good. But let's all say one positive thing about it. John... Uh, um, uh, give me a minute. Um, <laughs> I 
thought it was interesting if we're talking about because I don't know if we if we have been or if at some point in the future we will talk about Roman related Doctor Who adventures and the use of Latin but it was interesting that he at least tried to use a fish related Latinate term for the the evil pescatons although if he was being true to the original Latin word he would have called them piscatons, but again, maybe that was inviting uh, unflattering commentary from Tom Baker, who we know is not averse to describing unsatisfactory products in quite strident terms, mainly to do with whippets. Does Zor have any meaning whatsoever in you know, the sort of Latin no. anything that fits with? No, 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 not really, no. Not unless that slipped by me, but that's entirely possible. But I somehow no, doubt it. At least, yeah. Pesca, pesca. It's yeah. well. See, that's the thing. You come on, John, and we all learn something new. That's because <laughs> you've got two alphabets after your name. I do try and raise the tone, <laughs> and I'll try and lower it very shortly. Um, Stevie, say something nice about the pescatons. Uh, from my point of view, it came with a lovely copy of Genesis of the Daleks. <laughs> Um, I, I, I love the fact they used the theme tune. We heard the TARDIS. It's always a pleasure to hear Tom Baker, even if he's not happy with the script, because you can tell he's not overly happy with the script. So it was lovely to hear the pair of them just ramble on. And That's my as much fav- as you're getting. Yeah, that, that works for me. And my favourite thing about the Pescatones is that it comes to an end. <laughs> So, Event- yes. oh. eventually, eventually. <laughs> no, I need to make No, stop. Just, I'll, <laughs> I could do a whole podcast in that voice, but I'm not going to because it would get grating. It also, to be fair, it also has quite a groovy cover in the original yes. LP release. Yep. You know, yep. so there is there is that. You know, but I think I that's guess. false advertising. You see, because it yeah, draws you in. You I think, w- oh, this have- is going to be great. I, I I would feel a bit undersold um, if I were judging it purely by the by the cover, but yeah, it's got an attention grabbing cover. Yeah, better um, than the BBC reissue, which was rubbish. Yeah, what what, what was that? It was like a fishy yeah. thing, fishy shark with arms going. Yeah, <laughs> rubbish. Yeah. Like Jabba wish... the Hutt arms or something. Yeah, rubbish. I wish people could have seen that, Kenny. Can you use that as a, a graphic for your podcast? <laughs> yes. <laughs> An animated GIF of that. It's like <laughs> it's like a, the world's worst naked puppet show. That's what it is. <laughs> anyway, what this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I like the clatter in the background there. That Sorry, was a you, you for comedy to, effect. No, it wasn't. That that was my own little hairy non-pescaton telling me that she hasn't had any dinner and she could find something, anything that she could push over with her nose to make a sound effect that was better than what I was listening to. Yeah, no, you really shouldn't true. speak about true. your wife that way, Stevie. Anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, oh she I'm listen to this, Kenny. Oh, I was, of course, just joking, as we yeah. all know. It was your daughter. No, stop no, it. No, stop it's it. worse. It's worse than that. Anyway, shall we move on and talk about Exploration Earth? Don't you mean Exploration Earth? Oh, that, that was actually quite good. I like that. Hmm. 
it was it was, it, it was less over the top and uh, want to be dramatic and uh, jadunish than mine. We've stopped again. We're caught in the pull of a huge force. Oh, Doctor, not again. Yes, again. But you should be happy. You're millions of years Earth time nearer home. Come on. Let's see what's happened to your Earth in the meantime. Into the capsule. Oh, it, it's smaller. Yes, your Earth's progressing. That huge fiery mass is much smaller now, isn't it? It's much smaller. Yes, nearer the size of the Earth, you know. Why is that? Sun action. It's eroded away all the hot gas mass. And see, the young planet has begun to solidify. It needs to solidify before I set foot on it. It's magnificent. There's progress. Order is coming to this planet. A vast and lovely process. See how the surface quakes. See how it opens yawning wounds of fire. Those shimmering lakes of molten rock. The earth is being forged, molded. What was that? Lightning, that's all. But look. Look. The first crust is forming. I expect it's basalt, that sharp hard rock. Earth is in the making. What was that? Travelers. Be careful in your answers. I am the Vigran, my lord of chaos, chief of the carriers, lords of chaos. Oh, yes, of course. The Migron moving in. Don't strain. I can hear you. I'm a time lord. Ah, a time lord. The Time Lords and the enemies of Arcarians down the endless ages. So, you come interfering again. Know then, I, of Migran, have taken over this hot mass of chaos. Nothing can alter its disorder. So it is. So it must be beyond the reach of time. You're very confident, aren't you, Migron? But always remember, the noisier they are, the harder they fall. You are trivial. Listen and learn. Explanation Earth. John, did you catch this at first? Because you'd have been the right age to hear this at school, possibly. Uh, yeah, I I would have been sadly, um, but uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't played over the uh, crackly radio in the GP room in my primary school. I would have loved it at that point to have an opportunity to to get some an extra fix of of Doctor Who. But no, again, I didn't hear it until many many years afterwards when I was slightly more informed about the. The workings of the universe than I was back in 1976, but yeah, and it, it was an interesting idea. That's 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 for sure. Stevie, 
I hope I'm not making this up. I think I heard this, not maybe not on the transmission, on a transmission, and it was definitely in school. I don't think it endeared me to my classmates uh, any more than I already was because it was Doctor Who and I liked it. And it was funny, you know, the whole load of kids who never watched Doctor Who thought it was, oh, it's this, this, that. But actually, they were secret closet Doctor Who fans, but not when this came on, I'm afraid. Interesting, because this is one that I'd heard about for years and uh, I'd never been able to get a copy of it. It was one of the things on the on the Doctor Who fan network that um, you could pick up copies of your VHSs, you could get your time-coded copies of the Ice Warriors and uh, you know, tons of stuff like that. But this was one that I never heard. And here we've got, well, I think the Time Machine is its correct title, but it's from the Exploration Earth series. It's just one that I'd it somehow just never never been able to track down. So when I got it to finally listen to, it was very interesting. I mean, again, it's new Tom Baker and, and Liz Sladen, and it's which is lovely to hear, obviously, particularly you know, with, with us having lost uh, wonderful Liz. So it's, yeah, I mean, as you say, John, it's it's there for educational value more than entertainment. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm likely unsure of the, uh, you know, how much of the entertainment value that there is in, in the story. It gives us a little bit of science. Um, it certainly gives us a big insight into you know, well, I don't say anything libelous uh, <laughs> about um, the writer's uh, recreational habits, but I certainly, in hindsight, wondered what he was on when he created the character of the, the Migron. <laughs> uh, I thought fraught very little to to the to the show, but I guess yeah, you have to spice it up a little bit, but. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't really sure why the, the Megron was there. But yeah, I guess I'm just grumpy. You know, Not at and all. if I'd had some of what of what the writer was on, maybe I would have been less grumpy. Bernard Venables, as I recall. Bernard Venables. We we salute you. I wonder what else he ever did um, in life. Well, I I, I don't think it would have been any better than <laughs> Exploration yeah. Earth, which is the absolute pinnacle, I think, of any writer's career. Stevie, were you a fan yeah. of this one? No, <laughs> frankly, I, it was again. It was it was nice to hear them having a wee outing. Um, I don't remember much of the first transmission. I just remember stuff happening. I do remember the Migron, and I always thought that that was Tom Baker, but because um, it, it, when you listen to it, it does sound like Tom Baker, but a, a third person was credited, unless it's an anagram of his his name. Uh, his name is yeah. John Westbrook. An anagram of Tom Baker is Cream Bot. Cream spelt with a K. Uh, yeah. But no, oh, okay. John I've, Westbrook I've heard, is definitely not. I've heard Cream Bot's work. It wasn't him. Um, <laughs> Yeah, educational, it was okay. But going off-piste on Doctor Who, I suppose you had to cater for anyone who wasn't doing it. I'm 
I'm sorry, where, the capsule? Where, where's the capsule? I've never seen the capsule before. Uh, must be something that's just hidden around the corner of the TARDIS door and we'll just nip into it. Yeah. It was, do you know, I remember it being a break from school and it was Doctor Who and, you know, you possibly learned something except I seem to remember one girl thinking that the Migron was real and trying to incorporate it into projects. Yeah. And, and that is, was a bit of the risk. Yeah, because yeah. you, yeah. you're, say, you're saying that fact, 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 ah, there's this thing called the Migron. Yeah, and I'm saying, well, where's the, where's the Ragnaros? You know, but that's, <laughs> that's obviously from now. But yeah, just a wee bit, a wee bit weird. I mean, I, I watched the, uh, going completely off-piste, I was watching a Brian Cox thing the other day where he was kind of doing a clip show of his previous stuff all about time, and they had, you know, that skit with him in the TARDIS with Matt Smith. You know, and that was fun and educational and kept within the bounds. This kind of just used the two of them as a, a vehicle, literally, and introduced a few concepts, and then all of a sudden it was over. And we all like a resolution. No resolution. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I if we're talking about it being really educational, and why am I getting hung up on language again? But I would have at least have made the point that chaos is the opposite of cos cosmos. Cosmos is order. Chaos is the opposite. That's a good takeaway message for the kids. Get a bit of science, but also get a bit of Greek. In there as well, but missed opportunity in my book. Didn't know that about the word cosmos. See, I'm learning new things all the I'm time. I'm learning new things too. Tell us more, Dr. John. Tell us more. <laughs> but I think well, we should have that. It. That should become a regular future spot. We learn something <laughs> new about the real world from Doctor Who, courtesy of John. It needs a more snappy name than that. <laughs> yep. Well, we'll discuss. We'll discuss my fees. Yes. <laughs> I'll speak to your agent, uh, wherever she is. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah good old days with Agent Jasmine. Now, uh, for me, this one is, I think if you're seven years old, this is probably quite interesting. Uh, I think um, it's quite easy to look at it with, uh, in my case, 48-year-olds, nearly 45, but the time this goes out, I will be 49, um, jaded, cynical eyes and ears, and... Um, I mean, to me, the Migron just sounds like a bloke with a bucket in his head and um, mumbling his way through it. Oh, Doctor, you've foiled my plans again! <laughs> John, he was obviously, he's read up on how they recorded it and he's just not letting on. I know, exactly. It's, um, <sighs> yes, it's not very good. Um, it's, it, it, I'm sure it entertained kiddos at the time, but, um, and it's nice to get... It's, I mean, it's nice just going back to the original sort of remit of Doctor Who to have you know, a bit of education in there and a bit of science fiction. And um, and obviously we get to follow the Earth being created, minus Ragnos, as you say, Stevie. But it's just a bit of a, bit of a mess and like the, the capsule. I mean, surely the Doctor could just have opened the doors and they could have looked out. There's no need for this special capsule to escape from I mean I, I just no I mean is it the enterprise he thinks he's writing for no just Mr Venables just leave it to your brother Terry and, and let him do his football management okay. um, but no I just think it's it's forgettable pap is probably a polite way of putting it it's it's again it's nice that we've got it and um, 
And again, there's a little bit of stuff about volcanoes in there, which obviously, as we discussed last week, is kind of exciting. So I like that sort of thing. But all in all, I mean, I'm glad I've got it. I'm glad I've heard it, but it really doesn't add anything to my life. And if I never hear it again, then I won't shed a tear. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Oh, we both said that simultaneously. <laughs> oh, hear, hear. You said it here, here. Oh, right. Right here. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> right here. Right. No, no, no. Okay, the, would the two of you stop it, please? Yes. No, it's, it's more fun <laughs> than what we listened to. It's more, it's more entertaining. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit of uh, fat boy slim coming in there. Yeah. Mm, quite. Anyway, um, I suppose that's us had a look at these uh, radio classics. And um, do we have any final thoughts, gentlemen? I think if somebody were to um, consider maybe adapting these for you know higher fidelity audio, Blu-ray release, um, you know steelbook covers and with wonderful artwork, my advice would be to them: don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say thank you, Mister Venables, for bringing us. Um, such a, a moving and compelling piece of educational fiction and thank you for giving us a the, the poor man's omega is the the only way I could describe the Megron but with a bucket yeah. on his head <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. listeners Kenny did actually have a bucket on his head there he went he went and got a bucket he went full bucket yeah but of course the funny thing is that you know, after Tom recorded these, he didn't play the Doctor in audio again for another almost what thirty odd years till he did the Nest Cottage stuff back in no two thousand and. <laughs> <laughs> well oh. played, sir. Well played. Uh, yeah, I think John wins the episode. <laughs> oh dear! Well, and that bombshell. Uh, I've been Kenny Smith and I've had a, a wonderful time because these two make me laugh. <laughs> and I've been sore, Stevie Day, and I conquered the universe, then died, then they forgot about me, and the plot finished, and the doctor went away, and left Sarah, but I don't know that, because I am dead. <laughs> You're going to have a sore throat at this rate. Yes. Oh, lol. See what you did there, and I can't do a funny voice other than the one that I have all the time. Anyway, my my default. So yeah, it, it's been it's been amazing having a chance to to relive these these timeless radio classics. <laughs> so thank you for giving us a chance to do that. Absolutely, but um, John, could I could I interrupt just for a moment because I just yeah. want to try something? Bear with me. Oh no, this is VHF for schools, Kenny. What are you going to play us out with? Well, I'm glad you asked me that, Stevie, or Mr. Radio 4 VHF man. Um, I actually think we should have a, we should be played out today by Doctor Who himself, and I think we should listen to Tom Baker playing the piccolo, which is the perfect way to finish any episode of any podcast ever. Hooray! Hooray! Bizarre! Doctor! Doctor, what are you doing? This is a fine time to start playing your piccolo. I always play the piccolo when I'm nervous. Relieves the tension. Doctor, look out! Behind you! 
Let's get out of here, quick. No! Oh, Dr. Wetterman. Look at the creature. There's something wrong. It's trembling, shaking. Get out of the way, Sarah. Get out of the way. No, there's something wrong, I tell you. The music. Quick, Doctor. Play your piccolo again. What? What do you take me for? The Pied Piper? No, do as I say. Quickly! Oh, Doctor. No! 